grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Jesus saw that the man became very sad. He said, how hard it is 
for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, then who can be saved? He replied, what is impossible for people is possible for God. And Peter said, look, we have left our possessions and followed you. He said to them, amen, I tell you, anyone who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will most certainly receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. The gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded is the gospel of the Lord according to Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 18. And I read these words once again. A certain ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except one, God. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. I have kept all these since I was a child, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. But when the ruler heard these words, he became very sad, because he was very rich. When Jesus saw that the man became very sad, he said, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle or the eye, or the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, "Then who can be saved?" He replied, "What is impossible for people is possible for God." And Peter said, "Look, we have left our possessions and followed you." He said to them, "Amen, I tell you, anyone who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will certainly receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what must I do to inherit eternal life? These this question sounds like a good and fair question to ask. It certainly sounds very religious. What must I do to inherit eternal life? In fact, this was not even the first time that someone asked Jesus these exact words. The first time was actually earlier in Jesus' ministry where a teacher of the law asked him this question. And this was a teacher of the law that should have known the answer to this. What are you preaching and teaching people if you don't know even the answer to the most basic question of our religion? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And now it's being asked by, we're told, in the parallel Gospels that also include this episode. We hear that he was a young man. We hear that he was a very wealthy man. And in one of the Gospels, we're told that he was a ruler. 
could understand those words in a political sense, but they could also be used in a spiritual sense. Remember Jairus and, and the episode of Jairus' daughter, whom Jesus raised from the dead? He was a ruler, and there he was called a synagogue ruler. This man could have also been a synagogue ruler. And as a religious leader, you don't know this answer? Could it be that he's simply trying to trick Jesus or catch Jesus in his words to uh, put him down and to belittle him in front of the crowds that were following him as he was making his way to Jerusalem? Or could it be that this man really didn't know the answer and he was crying out to Jesus because he needed hope? What must I do to inherit eternal life. Oh, some of the answers that I've heard over the years is all you have to do is believe. Or I've even heard the answer is all you have to do is repent. All you have to do is say you're sorry for your sins and God will forgive you. But is that really the reason why God forgives you? All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is repent. Are these just simply works that we do where if we do them, then God owes us forgiveness like we've just enslaved God and he better forgive us because we said we're sorry. We claim we believe. Is that how we inherit eternal life? Perhaps asking the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life and seeking answers from people is not fair. Because really, who needs to answer this question but the Lord God himself? And the man was coming to the very Son of God. And Jesus' answer to the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, is summed up in one word. He said the word good. In one of the other Gospels, he'll later say, if you want to be perfect, and that's how I take good. Good in the sense of being holy and perfect. The man who asked Jesus the question also started out being very polite, good teacher. And now Jesus, with a little play on words here, is making a big deal out of that word good. Who is actually perfect and holy? Who is the only one who can claim to be good, but that's God himself. And if he's calling him good teacher, then is he calling him the son of God? Is he calling him God? And by the way, where do we find and learn what good is? But is it not from the commandments of God's commands of perfect love? Jesus began to quote them concerning good. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. These are all the commandments that we call the second table of the law. These are all the commandments that are simply love your neighbor as yourself. And the man's reply when he heard concerning these commandments that he claimed that from a child he followed all these. Now, come on, you really followed all these? Did you follow them perfectly? Did you follow them in thought, word, and deed? Can you really claim that you have followed these perfectly to God's liking? Even Dr. Martin Luther. 
would say that if you don't think you're a sinner, pinch yourself to make sure you're still alive. Because can you really go through the Ten Commandments and claim, thank God, I'm not like others? No. God's commands are like a mirror. They show us our sins and remind us that we cannot save ourselves as sinful human beings. Jesus didn't get into an argument whether this man really followed them or not, but instead he brings up now the first table of the law, and those are the commandments that dealt with loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Remember the very first commandment, you shall have no other gods, including our own sinful self. Bringing up the first table of the law, Jesus tells him, that there's one more thing you need to do. Sell all you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. We're told that the man had great wealth. This was his God. Or this is what gave him power, as he thought, because he made himself God. But this was more important. He depended on worldly wealth than instead of depending on the Lord God Almighty, who not only made him but saved him. For the Lord Jesus gave his life for this man too. We're told that the man actually left Jesus. We're never told if he ever came back. Many speculate and hope he did, but we don't know. But I also know this, that in one of the other gospel readings, that he's, it says he went away sad, very sad, actually grieving. He was crying to hear that he should give up everything. For the Lord? It was too much to ask. That prompted Jesus to tell the crowd, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, which is heaven itself. And a camel, which is one of the largest animals going through an eye of a needle, which is one of the smallest holes, is, is clearly impossible. So to hear that the man was sad and to hear that it's impossible for a rich man who holds on to his riches, depends on them over his Lord God, trusts in them over the trust and faith in his Lord God, that person will not enter the kingdom of heaven because of unbelief. It is sad when people reject the Lord in unbelief and replace him with their own God, which is always one sinful self. In fact, the danger that this man was facing was very extreme. It was overestimating himself, looking to himself, focusing on himself. That's why he asked the question the way he did. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Notice he didn't ask the question, what has God done for me to inherit eternal life? No, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That kind of religion is always going to be one of doubt. And certainly, where there's doubt, there is hopelessness. You'll have to always ask yourself, am I doing enough? Am I trying enough? Do I care enough? Do I mean it enough? Is God pleased with me enough? Always wondering, always hoping. Hope is just sim simply wishful thinking. No. No. 
but there is no confidence in wondering if God really loves me. Yes, this is very sad. When one overestimates themselves when it comes to their relationship with the Lord and along with its kissing cousin, underestimating God himself. The people ask Jesus, who can be saved? If this man who was supposedly so good and perfect, this man had wealth, this was a young man, he had position, he was a ruler. This man out of anyone should certainly make it. It doesn't sound like he's lied, cheating, and stole. It doesn't sound like he's one of those prostitutes and, or those teachers or those tax collectors. If this guy isn't going to make it, well then who can be saved? If God demands perfection, and knowing that we are by nature sinful who actually commit sins, then no one can be saved. And the answer of Jesus is this. What's impossible for people, what's impossible for people is possible for God. Because only God has almighty power. And only God is the one who saves. It is God who did the impossible by being our substitute, taking our place, taking on human flesh, the very Son of God, so that he could keep what we could not keep, and that was the law. And we needed him to keep the law perfectly so that his holiness, his goodness, his righteousness could be credited to us. He did the impossible by suffering the punishment of sin, which is death, so that we would live and have everlasting life. And we needed that punishment to be credited to us. He rose from the dead and did the impossible, giving us the, the assurance that hope is not wishful thinking, but hope is guaranteed. It is certain. Because Jesus did all the work who inherited eternal life for us. And God's invitation is to believe it. And that too is a gift of God, doing the impossible. Consider the words of Ephesians chapter 2. Indeed, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We can't break and join even this rich young ruler in saying, I've done it all. I have to confess I too am a sinner. And it's only by the grace of, grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit who works in my heart, always testifying of Christ, always working through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that I confess that Jesus is my Lord. And he is your Lord too. To have a religion where God has done it all, there is no hopelessness. There is no doubt. If it is the Lord's decision that today will be your last day, know this and know it well. Heaven is your home. Because Jesus is your 
elevating yourself and underestimating God. And live your life giving all praise and glory to the one that was called the good teacher. But we better know, know him as the great Savior. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.